<clears throat> so that was uh, Barbara Arrowsmith Young. Um, I don't know if anybody is familiar with her work. Uh, she's from Toronto. She actually made a school called the Arrowsmith uh, Young School in Toronto, where she uh, takes special needs kids, uh, especially learning uh, disabled uh, children. And she, instead of just trying to teach these kids, like she was saying, how to try to find the strong things and increase the strong things, what she does is she actually strengthens the weaknesses through all these exercises that she developed. Um, and I first uh, found out about her pretty recently, so I actually wrote to the school, and she, they just sent me her book, like the name of this thing, The Woman Who Changed Her Brain, that's her book. And they just sent me the book for free because they're interested in you know, seeing, like I said, I'm, I want to help kids, that's part of my thing. The same visions that she has uh, helping children is the same vision I have. We have two different ways of doing it, right? She's got a school and I have a chiropractic office. Um, but we're doing the same thing, right? So I, I, uh, I want to show you this because I feel what, what she has to say is amazing because just because someone is stuck where they are doesn't mean that that's where they have to be. And that goes for you, whether, that goes for you and a learning disabled kid, and a kid who's got autism, right? For anybody in between, right? Because what is a chiropractic adjustment? Like to me, what a chiropractor is, we are neuroplastic doctors, right? That's what we do. Regardless of whether we're talking about a child autism or a child ADHD or a pregnant woman or a, a senior citizen or a person who comes with back pain. What we're doing is we're putting a different input into the body and that different input is changing how the brain is recognizing the world and then a different output comes out. And the reason that it works on some people and it doesn't work on other people is the same reason like she was just you know, talking uh, here is that the brain is so different in every single person, right? You've got trillions and trillions and trillions of neurons and synapses and all that kind of stuff. So some people will respond very quickly and some people won't. And that's just the way it is. That's just the way it is, right? So here's a perfect example. We had two autistic boys start about two months ago in the same week, right? And if everything was equal, then both of them would be getting the exact same results. But is that how things work in the real world? No, right? Whether it's back pain or autism or whatever. So one kid goes from barely talking at all, and yesterday the kid is like reciting things to me and talking to me and giving me a hug and high fives to everybody and, and playing with other kids and interacting in ways that he never did before. And the, the mom is saying, doctor, to although everybody who's in the office, because we have open adjusting, she's like, he didn't talk normal sentences until he started coming to see Dr. Rubin. And they're all like, well, what was wrong with him? And she's like, she was, he was autistic. And they're like, what do people think about an autistic child? They're done, <laughs> right? And where'd that come from? It came from what she was talking about in the 50s and 60s and 70s and even 80s, where it was this unchangeable brain. You are, your, your brain doesn't grow any more neurons. Once the neurons are done, they're done. Once they're hurt, they're hurt. And that's the way it is, but that's not true, right? It's neuroplasticity. So we watch this happen, you know? And Fascinating that we have this other little boy who came in maybe 10 or 15 minutes after this uh, first boy left, same, about the same age, about the same kind of issues, and he's not making the same kind of progress. Now, he's making some progress. He's got eye contact now. He talks to me a little bit, but it's not the same progress as the other boy. Why is that? Why is that? Right? Because his brain's different. His brain's different. Right. One of the biggest things that you're going to learn as you're dealing with autistic kids, because you all will be dealing with autistic kids, trust me, in one way or another, you will all be dealing with autistic kids in your career. Whether you adjust them directly or indirectly because a parent has, or you know, a sister or a brother or someone like that has it, it's just the way it's going to be. So 
what, what happens is some of these kids have just more injury in their brains than others. So the mom of the kid who is not as uh, proceeding as, as well as the other one said to me, I don't understand how come, you know, I read about and I hear sometimes these things like almost miraculous changes, but for my son it's not. I said, every kid is different. But here is the key. The one, we, we talked about this last week from Alillo's work. There's three things that you have to have to make some th a neuroplastic change. Frequency, intensity, and duration. And what's the most important of those? Frequency. Frequency. Right? So some kids may be able to get it quicker than others, but the key is the frequency, which means over and over and over and over again. And that's what we have to do with this boy. And I said, I see some small changes in him already. I see already some improved eye contact, improved communication, improved social skills. So I think this is going to change, but it's going to take more time. And she's like, why? Why does it take more time with him, but with other kids that I read and other kids I hear about in your office, it doesn't? I said, how do I know? Some people come in with back pain, and they still have back pain 20 visits later. And some kids, people come with back pain, and they're better in one visit. Why is that? It's neuroplasticity. That ways that person's brain, that nerve system works, is very different. And everybody's got their own time schedule. But the key is that we have to keep on plugging away and plugging away and plugging away. Because like Reggie Gold says, and you've heard me say this before if you heard me in class, you're far better off without a subluxation than you are with one. Right? And now, finally, we have people out there who are able to allow us to prove what we do, because this is what we do. Right? It's the, it, the, the neurology is why we are so special and so different and have stood out for the last 117 or 118 years. That is why. It's not because we're cracking on bones. You know, we, we were almost accidentally successful for many, many years. Now, we're becoming purposely successful because now we have ways to understand what it is that we're doing, right? And one of the things I think is so super important that you guys gotta really get is when you guys graduate, you ain't done, right? First off, they call it commencement for a reason, right? It's, it's the beginning, right? That's the first thing. But the second thing is you gotta keep on studying, right? So I'm reading her book right now. I told you the book last week that I'm reading, The, 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 the Brain That Changes Itself. Uh, you gotta keep on reading and keep on studying because things are constantly changing. And the coolest thing is that you should read these books the way you probably read novels or Facebook or Twitter or something like that, right? You should dive into this stuff. I'm taking notes on these books, right? I'm taking, I, on, the, on the sidelines, I'm taking notes and I'm, I'm making PowerPoints up so I can eventually teach this kind of stuff because this, this to me, this is the crux of what we're doing because you can change your brain, right? Just because I'm 53 doesn't mean I'm stuck doing the same bloody thing every single year over and over and over again. I can change my brain. We can all change our brains, but, but how do we do that? We have to change what? We have to change our input, right? Which is gonna change our output. And to me, that's the key thing. So, so, so many people that I see, you know, friends of mine who I graduated with are stuck in a rut and they're like, God, I can't wait to retire. Just like 10 more years till I retire. I mean, retire? Retire, why would you wanna retire? Why, why does anybody retire? Because they hate what they're doing. Right? They absolutely hate what they're doing. I will retire when I'm dead. That's when I'll retire. When I cannot, when I can no longer be here, that's when I'll no longer be here. When I can no longer teach, that's when I'll stop teaching. Right? Because I, I want to keep on working. I, now, I may not work as much when I'm 80 as I am when I'm 50, but I still want to work. Right? What am I going to do? Play golf all the time? 
People say, oh God, I can't wait to retire and play golf. Really, do you think that that is going to stimulate you after you've been doing something like eight hours a day, five days a week for 30 years, and now you think that golf is going to stimulate you enough? Now that might work for a couple of weeks or a couple of months, but it's not gonna work for the rest of your life. And I can tell you from, from patients that I've watched, people die because they're doing nothing, right? Literally, and I'm not kidding you about this, literally die. A patient just a couple weeks ago said to me, my husband promised me that after all the hard work that he put in for the 30 something years, he kept on promising me every year, every year, when I, when I retire, you and me, babe, when I retire, you and me. And after he retired, he lasted four months and he was gone. Four months and he was gone. He was planning so far ahead, everything's about this, so I'll just work, 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 and no play, and no play, and never changing his behavior. Always doing the same thing, and eating the same thing, and everything was the same thing, and eventually his body just couldn't take it. Right? So what do we have to do is we have to change. We have to, just like she was saying, there's constantly things that we have to do to, to improve our efficiency. My father died of Alzheimer's. The reason that he died of Alzheimer's, and I know that this is the main, the main reason, aside from the fact that he and my mom ate horribly, but the main reason why he died of Alzheimer's is because he didn't do anything with his brain. He, we went to work, the same work for 20 some odd years, and we'd come home and he would watch TV, and the only thing he ever read was the TV guide. God bless him. And what, what was he doing to his brain? He was turning his own brain into mush. So by the time he got into his 70s, he could hardly remember my own name. And I'm not letting that happen because I'm going to train my brain. Like, a, like I'm going to keep on sharpening it and sharpening it and sharpening it because I will not let that happen because even though I have the genetics probably in my head, right, that could follow the, the suit of Alzheimer's, it's not going to happen to me because I'm going to keep myself sharp, right? So what do you got to think about in your own histories? What do you got in your back end histories? that might be dragging you down, this genetics that you can turn on. And say, I will not turn that on. Now, you got lung cancer in your family. Don't smoke, right? You have heart attacks in your family. Well, eat good, right? You have to think about these kind of things. You have to train yourself, right? And that's what all this is about, is constantly making sure you're better and better and better. Every year you should be getting better. Every year you should be a better version of yourself. You shouldn't be turn around and be 53 years old like myself and, and, and not just have, have the same year over and over and over again 53 times, right? Every year you want to improve. Every year you do something new. Every year you learn something interesting and different and challenge yourself because that's what it's all about, right? That's what it's all about. So I challenge you to start reading books like this one, The Woman Who Changed Your Brain by Barbara Arrowsmith Young. I challenge you to read books like Norman Dodge's book, The Brain That Changes Itself. I challenge you to read this kind of stuff because you gotta keep on growing, especially after you graduate, right? Right now you got, okay, you got Oski's boards, okay, fine, 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 fine. Start a book list, right? When you graduate, start reading those books. Keep up, keep up. Keep on growing your brains because the brain never stops growing.